Hesedim is a series of reflection, usually reflecting on an issue in the society in the light of the words of scripture. You're welcome to join us each time and to send your questions or comments by way of a voice note. Look forward to hearing you and speaking with you. The first Sunday in November is celebrated in many places in the Christian church as All Saints Sunday. Many churches use it as an opportunity to remember those who have fallen asleep in the Lord, including their dead relatives. Today, however, I would like to call to mind one verse of the scriptures that has been influential on the lives of saints through the years. I would like to call to mind a verse from Matthew 25, the parable of the sheep and the goat, and the words of Jesus, for as much as you did it to the least of these, my brothers, you did it to me. That verse proved influential in the life of St. Martin de Tours. St. Martin de Tours was Bishop of Tours from the fifth century. It is that while he was in the army and not yet a Christian, he along with his friends were entering a city which is in modern day France, when he saw a scantily clad beggar shivering in the cold. The beggar asked Martin and his friends for arms, but Martin had no arms. Instead, Martin cut his cape that he was wearing in two pieces and used half of it to wrap and cover the shivering beggar. A few nights later, Martin had a dream in which he saw Jesus coming towards him wearing the half of a cloak and echoing the words, for as much as you did it to the least of these, you did it to me. The dream became influential in two ways. On Martin himself, who became a Christian and was baptized two years later, and in the second place on churches, the half a court or capella became the name chapel or little church, meaning that is what churches exist to do to the least of these. And those who led these churches came to be called chaplain. These words are taken from one of the three last parables told by Jesus at the end of his public ministry. The parable of the sheep of the goat and the goat is the very last of them. What follows these three parables is the arrest and crucifixion of Jesus. You might say that the words are part of the closing remarks or the last famous words of Jesus. Each of these three parables is about 
entrance in or readiness for or about truly belonging to the kingdom of God. The one is about the wise and foolish virgins, which is about being prepared for the kingdom. And it makes two points. One is that some things cannot be borrowed. You have to have your own. Your character cannot be borrowed. Your salvation cannot be borrowed. Your faith and trust in God cannot be borrowed. Make sure you have your own. When it comes to readiness for God's kingdom, it is not a proxy business depending on which church you belong to or what family you're a part of or which country you live in. You, you belong to what matters is you are what you are in yourself. Some things cannot be borrowed. The other point that is that some things cannot wait. There are many last minute people. They only get going when the deadline is approaching. But some things cannot be made to wait. One of them is preparation itself. This is a time of examinations here in Zambia. You have studied and have prepared. You have to have studied and have prepared. You cannot leave it to the night before. Some things cannot wait. When it comes to the kingdom of God, you must be ready, not merely getting ready. The other parable that Jesus told was about talents. One got five talents, another got two talents, and still another got one talent. The important point is that we do not all get the same things, but we all get something. What is important is not what you got, but what you have done with what you get. And that is what the kingdom of God is about. People who make the most of their opportunity and their talent. They do not bury it or make excuses about it. They do not envy others for what they did not get, but they make use of what they do get. And so we come to our parable for today. It makes the point that the most important mark of those who belong to the kingdom is what they do about human needs that they see. What sets us apart, what marks us out is how we treat the people we meet, especially the human need that we encounter. Not everybody has the same need and the needs that we see are different in different ways. Sometimes what we see is hunger, and sometimes it is thirst, and sometimes it is nakedness. In other words, sometimes the people's needs that we see call for us to give something, to take from what we have and give to them what they need. Maybe it is bread, maybe it is drink, and maybe it is clothes but not all human needs and all human circumstances are to be solved by giving something material like food, drink, or clothes. Sometimes people are sick. Sometimes they are in prison. 
Sometimes they are strangers. This calls on us to make a response, but a different response from merely giving a piece of bread or a glass of water or clothes, new or old. Let me pick on the idea of being a stranger or a neighbor. You can have food and drink and clothes and still be a stranger. You do not need anything. And in fact, you can be in a position to give food and to give drink and to give clothes, but still be a stranger. What you need is acceptance, or you need to belong, or you want somebody who knows your name and who is glad you came. Many are willing to give food and drink and clothes, but are not willing to offer the warmth of friendship or of a smile. So I'm contending that there is a mastery to be had if you are a child of the kingdom of God about responding to people and responding to the challenges, to the deficits and to the needs in your fellow human beings. This parable is about what you have, not about what you have to give, as it is about who you are in life and how you treat people in life. Three things are tested when you encounter human need about which this parable speaks. The first is all human needs. People in a variety of circumstances with which life confront them provide you with a space to show your own humanity. Show you are a human being by looking at them by affirming their humanity and thereby confirming your own humanity. Second, connect yourself to them by putting yourself in their position. Thirdly, empower them and protect their dignity. Somebody in prison have probably put themselves there. Somebody sick perhaps has not, but equally we have a duty of care and solidarity. To be a stranger may be a matter of language. It may be of culture. It may be of race. It may be of religion. It may be even of politics. We have to become bridges, bridge builders. We have to become inclusive. We have to get, we have to go the extra mile. People need to feel like human beings. And we need to remember that the most important thing we are is human. When you see somebody and when you see their need, let it challenge your humanity. Take the time, make the space and help to make the way. Secondly, what is tested is your sense of family. Christian faith has transformed the concept of family. Family is not just blood relatives and not just the people that belong to your social class or your social group. Your family may be anyone, especially the people of faith, but not them alone. Here it is, Jesus calls the needy, the excluded, the neglected, the people who know deficits in life, those who are the least of these. He calls them my brothers and sisters. If Jesus calls them his brothers and sisters, then they are also our family. 
It is a task to see in the person in the dire circumstances of life as your family, to treat them the way you treat family. It is one of the profoundly important lessons that we are not only losing our humanity, we are losing our sense of family as a human community. This parable aims to reaffirm our sense of family. They are our equal. They are legitimately entitled to the benefit of the doubt and to be put and to put our affection on them. They are entitled to be loved unconditionally. So we are not just throwing the food before them or giving them old clothes. We are trying to make them feel like family. It transforms the dynamic of the community. This is what church ought to be good at. The story in my own experience of a baptismal service and typically for adult baptism, we ask them to share their testimony to say how the journey began. And this lady told her story. She said she came to church one Sunday morning and she was feeling alone and lonely. And in the period we used to call the moment of fellowship or the gesture of priests, while they were singing, they were hugging and she said that an old lady gave her a warm embrace that Sunday morning. And it was the hug that made her return and kept her coming to church, the warm hug. Thirdly, the Bible is testing our Christianity. How centrally the Jesus of history is to the, to the Christ of our faith. There are several stories in which Jesus identifies himself as poor and as a beggar in the New Testament. The first is the incident of the cursing of the fig tree. Jesus was hungry and he saw a fig tree by the roadside. It was not his fig tree, but there is a regulation in his day that when one reaps one's fruit trees, one should leave the fruits hanging on the limbs that hang off over for the poor. Jesus went to the fig tree because he was poor and expected to benefit in the way the poor do. The second is in the book of Revelation where Jesus says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If President Akende of Zambia came to your door, he would not have to knock. You'll be looking out for him. And the doors were flung open. But Jesus comes as an unwelcomed guest, as a sojourner, as a needy person. When he knocks, no one answers. And here Jesus says, as much as you do it to the least of these, my brothers, you do it to me. I'm not arguing for works righteousness. It is a question of identity. You can tell who you are by what you do to people in need. That is the smell test. 
it is best argued that if you are a Christian, any at all, you will give bread to the hungry and drink to the thirsty, and you will give a welcome to the stranger, visit the inmates and those who are ill and provide clothes to the naked. One morning 20 years ago, I was, I had an office on a building in New Kingston called the Towers, an 11 story building. And as it fate would have it, in those days, I had offices on the 11th, 10th and 6th floor of that building. I had recently become a diabetic, I lived in Highgate. And in the mornings after getting to work at six, when my secretary arrived at nine, she would stop by a lady at the foot of the building to buy my fruits for me. And she did this religiously every morning. One morning, I needed to go to the dentist and to leave before she got there at nine. And I got to the floor at the bottom of the building and tried to buy a ripe banana from the lady selling, the very lady from which my secretary bought my fruit every day. But I had only a $500 bill. And when I offered to pay her, she had no change. So she declined to give me the ripe banana. I was desperately hungry, as diabetics are want to be. And I tried to negotiate her to give me the ripe banana, allow me to pay her later. But she refused. I walked down the road and I got a ripe banana from someone else in another place and managed to help my hunger. When I came back from the dentist, the lady saw me. By then, others had told her who I was and that I was her patron, who had been a great supporter all of these weeks. And she apologized profusely. And I said to her, you know, ma'am, if you had given me the right banana, I would have given you the $500 because the money meant nothing to me. We can't measure people by who we know them to be or who we think they are. Their humanity must thrust itself on us. Our sense of family and our sense of faith must make us respond to them. So the rules, do not judge them because of their present need. Do not turn them away because you have no money. Find a way to be in solidarity with them and find ways to give before you're asked to give. Get in the habit of giving. It is not the conscious or deliberate acts, but the unconscious and accidental ones that often sets us apart. May God grant us the grace to be human, to be family, and to be Christian. Amen.